I'm Reverend Harry Bridge. And I'm Dr. Scott Mitchell, and this is the Dharma Realm Podcast. And we're coming to you from the Kodo of the Jodo Shinshu Center in Berkeley, California. This is the Dharma Realm Podcast for March 5th, 2010, uh, in a conversation that began with the Seven Masters, but quickly went on to other topics. And this, I think sometimes I go too far, maybe, in trying to maintain that sensitivity, um, right, and not make grand overarching statements about what Buddhism is. And, um, but that can be confusing for some people, I think, too. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, because some people want, I guess, and so I, some people want there to be a universal Buddhism. Some people want there to be a universal one religion for the entire world, right? And... I have to be careful not to shoot that down right away because I think the intention is right, right? They don't want people to fight over their beliefs, right? They don't want people to take advantage of other people through belief systems or through ideology, right? And yet um, that one world, one religion, universal kind of rhetoric can actually be used to take advantage of things, can be used to to trick people or whatever, right, to, for um, ideological uh, means. So, so. I guess that's Buddhist in a way to want to cut a cut, try to cut away at that, try to prevent that from happening, from from um, being taken advantage of or, or taking advantage of someone, and um, so that, that's where I feel like the the criti- academia, the critical side of academia, um, has a kind of a can be found in Buddhism as well. This mm. idea of and that's the whole critical Buddhism kind of thing is maybe one manifestation of that, um, just to. To be careful not to think that you're right all the time, huh? Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. No, I think I'm right about this one. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I really, I have a very strong aversion. Maybe, it's, maybe, I, and maybe I'm wrong, but I have a very strong aversion to these ideas of the one religion, or that we need to do. Because I, I think the flip side of the sort of universal one religion are um, there's, you know, uh, a group of of writers who are being called the new atheists nowadays who um, want to do away with religion at all, right? They mm. think that religion itself is bad and the religion is the problem. And if we discovered of religion, then we wouldn't have all these wars and yada, yada, yada. Um, I think that the tendency to want one religion and the tendency to want to do away with religion are probably come the, coming from that same place of just sort of wanting people to get along, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's both perspectives are naive. Mm. That if everybody believed the same thing, there'd still be problems. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that we sort of give religion too much credit almost, right? That, that if we could just fix religion, everything would be okay. It's like, I don't, I'm not convinced. I don't think that the, that religion is the problem. I think that there's something more fundamental about the human person. That's the problem. Mm. Right. I mean, people have this tendency to want to align themselves with groups of people, Right. Um, whether it's religion or sports teams or nations or Star Trek fans or, or whatnot, people tend to want to align themselves in these sort of groups. I'm just not convinced that if we got rid of religion that people wouldn't suddenly become fanatic about Star Trek mm-hmm. in a violent way. <laughs> Kirk! Kirk! Card! <laughs> exactly. Spock! <laughs> So, I, so in my, you know, the the punchline there, I think, is that it's not religion necessarily or ideology. Is that there's this 
sort of a deeper problem in the human being that we need to take care of. And it's that, you know, again, sense of grasping or clinging or attachment that causes suffering and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Maybe suffering is the essential teaching of the Buddha. (laughs) But it's interesting too, because then you could say, that's interesting because you could say, yeah, maybe suffering is the fundamental issue with the world. But some other religion is going to tell you no. No, yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah. not that at all. <laughs> it's that the whatever. Yeah, you know. So interesting, and it, it, that just what you were saying kind of brought to mind for me images of paradise. Mm. This place where the lion can lay down with the lamb, right? Or where um, there's this the Buddha's preaching and everyone's listening and people are dancing and people are, are um, studying and meditating and there's palaces and it's all happy, right? The pure land is really Sukhavati, right? The land of peace and bliss, yeah, right? Where there is no conflict, um, but that's always out there. Yeah. Huh. I guess attaining that peace in the midst of samsara, in the midst of the, the human condition is... Uh, it's even realistic. Star Trek, dude. I mean, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Star Trek, the Federation of Planets. It's this multiracial, multi-ethnic... Future utopia. Um, yeah, future utopia. And yet, they get into trouble every week. Well, because they're being challenged by people who are outside the Federation. Right, who we have to bring into the Federation so that they'll chill out. Yeah, exactly. The Klingons or the Romulans right. or the... See? So it's the same thing happening all over <laughs> so again. There's this, I think, a, sort of a deep-seated sort of part of the human condition that is sort of like always looking for outside of itself for this sort of perfected world Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know and it's looking you know and that tendency looks for it in these external places and i don't don't know maybe i'm I'm, no 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 because that's i've been wanting to talk a little bit about otherness Hmm. because that seems to be a part of this discussion but also the previous discussion uh in that there's often conflict with the other right when the other is doing something different than what you're doing it's seen as being counter to my goals, and yet that paradise is also other. Yeah, it's also outside. It's something um, unattainable mm. um, in this current state. So I wonder um, if there's well, anything there. No, I think there is because there's certainly um, a tendency. I think in. Uh, uh, folks out there who who know anything about postcolonial theory and and sort of cultural studies will talk about how there's this tendency in some Western literature to uh, talk about the other both in a sort of degraded sense and in an exalted sense, and how there's the the other person comes in and saves the the Western white figure, right? Like there's the 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 enlightened monk, you know, who comes in and teaches the you know. Karate Kid, right? There's a good example there where Mr. Miyagi is this, you know, sort of Asian other who helps save this, you know, white kid from Jersey or something, right? And, you know, there's lots of themes like this throughout literature. So I think there's... Um, there the is Noble Savage. There. The Noble Savage, right? So there's there's certainly a tendency to do that, of taking the other and talking about the other in these negative terms, but also raising right. them up. Wow. Yeah. it's There's the whole rich conversation in there that... Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so Buddhism <laughs> is interesting because it's often portrayed as other. Mm-hmm. Either, well, and, and it, of course, this is very, um, there's a lot of different levels. I think it's complex, but you can see uh, that turning to the East yep. over the past couple hundred centuries or whatever, 
right? And, and looking for the wisdom of the East to fix Western culture or make people feel better or, or whatnot. And yet then also the move to say, but we know what it's really about. Right. And they don't. <laughs> yeah. Because there's an equally strong tendency in, in, in a lot of sort of contemporary uh, Buddhist movements here in, in the States that, that will say, you know, we're looking for the, the real teachings of the Buddha, the, you know, historical, authentic teachings of the Buddha. We want to get rid of the cultural stuff of so-called ethnic Buddhism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's, it's there, too. It's like looking to the and that's, East. But that's been there with Rice Davids yeah. and all those early, what, um, like late 19th century translations, the, yeah. um, of the polytext and everything that, you know, this, yeah, like looking, oh, there's, look at there's, this rich literature and yet, oh, this must have been added in later. Oh, yeah, and this, that's, that's still there. There's, a, there's, there's groups that have, whose websites I've seen have said that, you know, we want to get rid of the Asian stuff because it's been corrupted. They will actually call contemporary Asian people corrupted. Whoa. I won't name names because I'm trying to be a better person about that kind of thing. But um, it's out uh-uh. there in, their, in, you know, in their, their logic and their claim is that we're looking at the historical Buddha, you know, this sort of presumably uncorrupted religious figure, whereas contemporary Asian Buddhism is corrupt. It's no longer pure. Mm-hmm. So this, this is sort of double looking at the other. Wow. And actually, I mean, Japan did that yeah, during um, the militarist years of the um, first half of the 20th century, of, right, saying that... Uh, Buddhism is going to be part of this greater East Asian co-prosperity sphere, and we're saving you from the, the European and American oppressors. Um, but the version that you have isn't right. It's corrupt. <laughs> we have the right one, yeah. whether it's Zen or Pure Land or whatever. And, um, and, and, and they make that claim based on the fact that they weren't colonized. Uh, right. right. That you know Japan was one of the very few Asian countries that wasn't colonized by uh, by European powers, and so you know, whatever Buddhism is there has been uncorrupted, whereas Buddhism in Sri Lanka or Buddhism in you know other colonized countries has been corrupted mm-hmm. or degraded by Western influence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, and I don't wonder. I don't know if this is true or not, but I wonder if uh, if, if Thai groups kind of say the same thing because Thailand also wasn't colonized. Uh, mm-hmm. Who knows? I won't speculate on that, but yeah. so. You brought up the other. I'm not quite sure where yeah, we're going huh. with this one, but I think it's an interesting conversation. <laughs> well, another interesting thing is that other power, mm. right? That um, this idea of otherness, like I think a lot of kinds of Buddhism, this is going on a different track, but with this same theme of otherness. And this is where I thought you were going in the first place, but no. Okay. So we're going back. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, that uh, it goes back to what we were talking about um, in a previous episode with the... Um, distinction between samsara and nirvana. So is nirvana other? Is Buddha somehow other out there, not me, in that person of the Buddha, in that statue, mm-hmm. uh, something, you know, Separate. nothing to do with me? Or the Mahayana move to say, ah, oh, no, no, this is nirvana, just you haven't realized it yet, and that you need to uh, awaken to that. And I think we can see uh, differences in different schools on how, where that line is drawn. Is it the line drawn somewhere behind you so that I'm included in nirvana? Or, uh, I see, I think in Shin, I think a lot of, well, I think a lot of uh, Mahayana schools with the emptiness kind of logic when they um, emphasize the emptiness side, don't emphasize that distinction between samsara and nirvana. Right? they looking at it maybe from the Buddha side that um, actually what you think is other, wake up. 
It's not. Yeah. Right. And whatever technique that school uses. But then Jodo Shinshu is interesting because it part of it is very much that Buddha is other, Pure Land is other. That's not what this is about. What this our world is like. Yeah. Right. And yet we're all grasped by it, and the light is penetrating and throughout the ten directions, and it, there's nowhere where it doesn't shine. And so, so there's a tension, I think, even in Jodo Shinshu between the otherness of Buddha. Uh, hmm. And whether it's a kind of a pre and post attainment, whether you know of Shinjin or whatever, right? That, um, and that, that's one of the interesting poems from Genshin. Wow, uh, we made it back to seven masters. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect that. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Genshin. <laughs> um, one of the, Shinran writes a wasan or one of these kind of poems, um, but it's based on a writing of Genshin of um, even though. Uh, I'm ignorant and trapped in samsara and delusion. The light um, always grasps me. So it's kind of interesting because it's saying, even though I may be ignorant of the fact that nirvana is samsara, yeah. nirvana is samsara. <laughs> right. And samsara is nirvana. Right? right. That that um so it's it's very complex, I think. It's not as easy as just saying, ah, it's all no self. It's all this is the pure land. <laughs> Why can't you see that, right? It's, yeah. it's in a way to me kind of one rec- I think that that rather than make absolute statements about oh it's absolutely out there or this is enlightenment, maybe we need to be more sensitive to the tension there and the ambiguity, yeah. right? Of of uh, the distinction or the lack thereof. That blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm here for. That's the new goal. <laughs> Hmm. See, I think um, science, a lot of science fiction movies are, and oh, maybe even monster movies, horror movies, are about this tension to the other, right? But that the, like Alien is a perfect example. Okay. Alien, that creature, uh-huh. I think is absolute other to humanity. For sure, yeah. Right? And, but that's part of reality, that there are things dangerous to us. You can't just go... Um, you know, find you just, a pond. You can't float. just go make a colony on some other planet. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's those issues too, but um, and expect that if you see a bunch of alli- hungry alligators, you can't just like go romping around in there and like swimming around. Even if you got Shinjin, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm not gonna try. <laughs> oh, so you even have Shinjin? Even if I knew, but hmm, right that. This ideal of peace, right? Some ideal of harmony, right? As important as it is, I think it's also important to have a recognition of conflict, right? Kind of, kind of like what you're saying, the, of difference. Mm-hmm. Right? It doesn't have to be war kind of conflict, sure. but, but maybe that's the, the uh, recognition of difference, right? And can we? Right. Right. So, so to sort of bring all this back around, it sounds like what we're talking about is that the, there's this recognition that there is the other, and we sometimes idealize the other in terms of these other world paradises or future utopias or, or whatnot, but that we need to recognize that there is this reality as well, and the reality of, of, of alien monsters that want to attach onto your face and lay their eggs in your stomach, <laughs> or the reality of difference or the reality of diversity or whatnot, and not reject that because ultimately both that idealization of reality and real reality are all part of the same thing, mm. are all part of the really real. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
just made Harry's head explode. <laughs> <laughs> Too much? <laughs> see, I came. See, I'm a great fan of H.P. Lovecraft, mm-hmm. who's an early. That's your problem right there. Yeah, late 19th, <laughs> early 20th century author from Rhode Island, right? Who writes these stories of these. A lot of times, his stories have been interpreted as good versus evil, mm-hmm. and the deities like the Cthulhu or Hastur or these, you know. Um, can I just pause for a second and say how grateful I am that we finally recorded an episode where we're referencing Cthulhu? <laughs> Cthulhu for president, 2012. Go on. <laughs> um, that later people, August Derleth, and people like who ghost wrote H.P. Lovecraft stories or who knew him, put it in this context of good versus evil, mm-hmm. and that somehow humans are good and uh, these, you know, monsters or whatever, Nyarlathotep and Azathoth, and are that they're somehow evil, and there's actually these outer gods or something. They they create this pantheon of like these good demigod things and these bad ones. But and if you look at H.P. Lovecraft stories, the the um, Cthulhu or these other um, kind of deity things aren't evil they're not against humanity they're just on a completely different plane where humans aren't even ants humans don't even rate really notice and that is to me this absolute other it's dangerous to us Mm -hmm. but it's not like the enemy it's like something just completely other yeah um and yet it threatens our existence it's scary um so so and i guess maybe that you know the buddhism is kind of the polar opposite in a way I th- um, let me go run with this, right? right? That Buddhism, the other isn't dangerous to us. The other isn't um, harmful or evil or whatever. The other is absolute compassion. The other is ideal, um, trying to relieve suffering rather than create it, hmm. right? And so um, rather than uh, the universe being a terrifying cold place, the universe is a compassionate, Filled bright light. place. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so I'm not sure how those two perspectives on reality. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe it's partly the kind of the way that um, I think that uh, Buddhism kind of often accepts the deities and the religious systems of the countries that it goes into, like Shinto or um, the Indian uh, gods like Brahma and mm-hmm. Indra appearing in Buddhist suttas and stuff like that, sutras. Uh, but that Buddha somehow, Buddha somehow transcends all of that. Yeah. Buddha's not even part of good versus evil. Good versus evil is samsara. Right? And so this, the other for humanity isn't hell. The other for humanity is the same other as for hell. Human, humanity and hell are part of the same sphere. And then Buddha reality is other. Nirvana is other. And yet, Yeah, but then you in have itself, the Mahayana and then right. you conflate those two things and so that the other is already here. Possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you take that one view of... of Samsara Nirvana. Mm-hmm. So isn't that interesting, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So from that point of view, you could say that these two different perspectives on reality, whether it's H.P. Lovecraft or Buddhism, they themselves are part of the same reality. Ooh. <laughs> I'm just trying to bring it all together. I'm not quite yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. The um, well, it's in, and I guess it is that kind of division back and forth of like that. You know, okay, Nirvana is other, and yet it's not. Yeah. Ultimately, it's not from a different perspective. Um, hmm. And so then, 
I don't know. I mean, getting back in a way to the sectarianism kind of thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right? That uh, recognizing difference, right? Something that may initially be frightening, but maybe trying to go beyond that. Um, and, uh, but you have to draw a line somewhere. I mean, if someone's coming at me with a gun or a knife, do I just say, oh, no, they're just different? They just have a different worldview than I do. Sure, right? but, but I think that you, I think you made some, some uh, significant jumps from Buddhist sectarianism to people threatening you with guns. <laughs> you know, I think that when we're talking about sectarianism, it's it's one thing to sort of recognize that that the other is part of us, right? And we can look at the other and say we're all sort of participating in this reality of samsara, nirvana, Buddha light pervading everywhere, and so on. Um, and, and, and see that in a lot of different ways and recognize that perhaps the other can teach us things or that we can learn from the other or that, you know, even in that difference, we can sort of strengthen our own particular perspectives or, or whatnot. Um, that's, I think, quite different from the reality of physical threats in the world mm-hmm. against us. Um, you know, for the most part, knock on wood, Buddha sectarianism Currently, it does not end in, in violence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does it. sometimes. But, right, right, right. <laughs> um, but interreligious um, um, conflict sure, yeah, often certainly does. does. Yeah. Well, mm. yes and no. I mean, I think you could arguably make the case that a lot of the, the religious conflicts, quote-unquote, in the world are... Manifestations of some other conflict. Some other conflict, yeah, whether it's economic distress or, or whatnot. But that's in itself quite different from an individual reacting against another individual threatening them. Mm-hmm. And I think the response there is just to simply do some Kung Fu moves and take care of it. I'm just going to run. <laughs> <laughs> See, we have, we have no answers today. Right. <laughs> so this is uh, this is our episode on the seven masters. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just wait till we get to Vasubandhu. <laughs> I thought we were doing Vasubandhu. <laughs> I think we had more Nagarjuna today. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and Vasubandhu, though, perception. Oh, see, right. this is this is a good setup for our actual episode of right, on Vasubandhu. Right, 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 right. Everything's mind only. <laughs> it's all in your head, Scott. We didn't I actually. <laughs> I didn't actually hit record. It's the story of my life. It's the story of my life. 